0: When the Magi had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. Friends, welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. John Eldridge and Craig McConnell here in the third week of Advent, the last full week before Christmas, which is coming next week, and wanted to continue some Advent reflections, building on last week's podcast that I just enjoyed so much reflecting on the way God does things. And this passage in particular about the warning, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream at night. Get up now, Mm -hmm. now. Grab your son, your wife, and leave. Escape to Egypt tonight. And there's just something so gripping about this passage, you know, continuing on the thought of last week on the way that God does things. I mean, you would think, really? I mean, this is the son of a living God. You are the Lord God Almighty, Father, ruler of the heavens and the earth. And you have angel armies at your disposal. And surely you could hide Mary and Joseph in your presence, baby Jesus. Surely you (laughs) could, you know, send regiments of angels to shut down any opposition that would come against them. This is how you're taking care of them. You send an angel in the night, you know, middle of the night, bang on the door, get up, leave now. You're going now. Follow me. Mm -hmm. Grab what you can. We're going now. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're fleeing for the border Mm -hmm. like fugitives. Wow. It just helps us, I think, to appreciate. I think Christmas can help us appreciate the way God goes about his work in the world. You know, it's not as simple as, you know, I'm going to save mankind. Bam. Here's how I'm going to do it, you know, with power and majesty and intervention. You don't get a lot of the parting of the Red Sea stuff here, <sighs> right? Christmas is a very, very different story. And what we wanted to kind of continue in the mood of reflection this week, reflecting on some of the characters in the Christmas story and just what strikes us about them. Craig – as you're rereading over the past couple of weeks the Christmas stories in Matthew and in Luke, what's jumping out at you? What are you struck yeah. by?
1: Well, what you just shared, John, the words that come to my mind is there's just always another way the story could have unfolded. The way God chooses is just so intriguing and at times incomprehensible.
0: Certainly but, unpredictable. Yeah. And very counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah.
1: As I've been reading through the Christmas story, a couple things, but the one I'd like to share today is I was struck by, again, continuing that theme of the way God works, is the mystery involved with Christmas that you see in all the characters of the story. Yep, You've got Zacharias and Elizabeth and... John's birth is foretold to them. And uh, Zacharias's response is, how should I know for certain that what you say is true? I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in here. She's barren, you know. The angel comes and says that you're going to bear this child. And the response is unbelief on Zacharias's part, which I totally get. I totally get <laughs> when God says he's going to heal, or God says he's going to use us or do this in our children's life. And all circumstances look contrary to what God is speaking to and saying. Then you've got Mary when Jesus's birth is foretold to her. Her response is, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Again, how can this be? Zacharias, unbelief, like circumstances don't support this. You've got the shepherds, And they share their encounter with angels. And in Luke, it says that everyone who heard these things pondered. And Mary in Luke, it says she was wondering about these things. Mm -hmm. And it's like this Christmas story is just told. The reaction of the main characters, a lot of it is just, whoa, this is a stretch I have to ponder this. I have to wonder about these things in my heart. And I think, John, the whole thing is explained when you go to the Gospel of John. And John, the first chapter, it talks about there is a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him or did not comprehend him. He came to his own to those who were his own and they didn't receive him. And it's like there's something about the way God works, particularly in the Christmas story, that is just requires us to see through the eyes of faith and this to see with the eyes of the Spirit that doesn't lean into kind of our standard way of interpreting. It's incomprehensible. So I think the Christmas story this year, as I'm realizing the way God works, is just in a different category than I tend to just in autopilot go to. I'm so much like Zacharias. When God speaks and says something, I just kind of scratch my head and go, how can that happen? It doesn't make sense. This requires something of me, requires a view, a perspective that that isn't just natural or common to me.
0: And I think that's why the story is given. Mhm. Right? I mean among all the other things that it's meant to bring to us, the, the reason that we have these stories recorded is to help us recast our vision of the world. Yeah. And recast our vision of God and his kingdom. Because like you said, if we had eyes of the spirit, if we had eyes of the kingdom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we would delight in it, mm-hmm. right? We'd love it. We'd relish in these stories. So there's kind of the unbelief of humanity, the de facto agnosticism. Yes. So many people just park in. Yeah. Really? You're going to wait, Really? You know, versus, frankly, the shepherd's reaction is one of immediate, wow, great, let's mm-hmm. go see it. I mean, yeah. they don't sit around and debate it. Right. Guys, do you think that was an angel that we just saw? You know, hey, wake up Joseph over there who's sleeping. Hey, what do you think? Should we hang out for a few days? or should I mean, yes. they're gone. They are on their way. And kind of that, I think the Christmas story and certainly our effort in these podcasts this Advent is to help us see, help mm-hmm. us see the way heaven works. Well, let me come at this from another angle. So here's what I'm struck by. In fact, as you're recounting those very characters, you have Elizabeth and Zechariah, you have an old couple, they're not anybody special right. in particular, and yet they are given John the Baptist. mm mm-hmm right and their son is going to become the greatest prophet according to Jesus he's the greatest of all the old testament prophets you know and then you have shepherds and again you just kind of have to think they're just hired hands these are migrant workers these are low level low paying jobs of guys who just have to face the cold and the elements to watch over probably someone else's flocks of sheep, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys are you know kind of blue collar farm hands, rural, you know, folk. Clearly nobody in particular, you know, and even even Mary and Joseph.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, obviously in hindsight we can look back and realize how magnificent they were. But at the time, Mm-hmm. Right, uh, aging carpenter and his teenage bride-to-be fiancé who's pregnant the innkeeper on and on it goes here's what I'm struck by this year God loves ordinary people mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. loves using ordinary people to do extraordinary things and what I was struck by this year rereading this was the way the kingdom of heaven comes to ordinary people. You know, what's taking place in the Christmas story in Matthew and in Luke is you have these ordinary characters. Here's Zechariah and Elizabeth, and then the angel comes to them and says, you're going to have a son, yeah. right? And here's Joseph, and he learns that Mary's pregnant. He's like, well... You know, it says he was a good man, so he didn't want to have her stoned, Right, but he is going to divorce her, you know, and the angel comes to him and says, no, no, don't do that. And then you have the dramatic story of the shepherds, right, and the angels appearing to the shepherds in the middle of the night. And what I love about this is the availability of the kingdom, that the Christmas story is as a number of illustrations of the kingdom of God breaking into the lives of ordinary men and women, mm-hmm. very common folk. You know, you do have the magi, they're kind of mysterious and you know clearly wealthy princes of their land. You have Herod and he's president or, you know, ruler or whatever. But there are sideshow characters in this. That the main characters are very ordinary common everyday people. Mm. I was thinking of Abraham Lincoln's famous quote where he says God must love ordinary people. He sure made a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and here in the lives of these ordinary people, you have these stunning visits, penetrations, encounters with the kingdom of heaven. And I'm really encouraged by that. I'm mm. really struck by that this mm. time around, that yeah. that's us. Yeah. That's yeah. all our friends out there listening to the Advent podcast this week, yeah. ordinary people going about their ordinary lives and the kingdom of God breaking into us, breaking into our world. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the hopefulness mm-hmm. of that. mm mm-hmm.
1: John, I love that. And on that theme of ordinary people and God's intervention, breaking through into their worlds and their lives with a kingdom, I think the story of Zacharias is what so strikes me is the transformation from unbelief of what God can do, and then God silences him. He's unable to speak during the pregnancy of Elizabeth, his wife. And he comes out of, uh, when John is born, he comes out of that prophesying, speaking these great words about God. It's like, what happened to him? Something dramatically Mm -hmm. changed Mm -hmm. in a period that looks like punishment Mm -hmm. and looks like Mm -hmm. a crime's been committed and you're sentenced to the silence. Somehow in that silence, in that season... God just changed this guy and ordinary people, despite their inability to comprehend or fully grasp or the stretch that this virgin birth and this intervention by God caused, they were changed. They were just different. And,
0: and what's interesting, Craig, is what changed is their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. That's what we're after here. Yeah. What changed for him was his perspective Bingo. on it. And he gets bumped out of his practical agnosticism and into embracing the kingdom. Yeah. I'm also just so struck by the immediacy of it, the availability of it. Back to the shepherds. Let me read that passage. It's in Luke 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But as you recall, the angel reassures them and says, oh, don't be afraid. I'm here to bring you good news of great joy. And he announces the birth of the Savior. And then it says, suddenly, a great Company hmm. of the angels appeared with the angels. So there's one in the beginning, and then suddenly, bam, there's many, yeah. a great multitude, right? And they're praising God. And then it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! And I'm just so struck by the availability of the kingdom. Like, how far did those angels have to travel? You know, were they coming from Jupiter? Were they coming from farther than the, you know, Eagle Nebula? Were they way out beyond our galaxy? We have this conception that somehow heaven is very far away. Yeah. Right? Versus it's, the idea is, bam, suddenly they're there too. And that the shepherds living their ordinary life, going about their ordinary routine, they're just at work. Yep. They're on the night shift. And suddenly, the kingdom of heaven is available to them. They access it. There's an interaction yes. between the two worlds with the idea of very little time elapsed. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, friends, what we're trying to help ourselves towards and help you towards in this third week of Advent is just the idea of – God's way of working in the world, his love of ordinary people, just common folk, and the availability of the kingdom of God Hmm. to those people Mm -hmm. is deep in the message and the pictures and the symbolism and the character portrayals of the Christmas story. And so, Jesus, as we move through this week, As we move into Christmas plans, preparation, as we go to work, as we go to school, as we take care of our lives, we pray for eyes to see your kingdom. We pray for hearts to believe. We pray that the Spirit of God would give us the eyes to see the availability of the kingdom to us right here in Christ the average in the day-to-day. We invite the kingdom of the heavens, the kingdom of God, into our lives here in this Christmas season. Give us eyes to see. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 We hope you're enjoying our Advent series and we know you're busy. Hope it's proving to be a little bit of an oasis, just a, a moment to step into the larger story. And we'll be back next week with some reflections on the fourth week of Advent on Christmas. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge and Craig McConnell.